This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. It's my honor to have Kelly Stacks on the podcast. Kelly is the wife of Chad Stacks, defensive coordinator for Coastal Carolina. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we start with X's and O's on the podcast with the last season's remarkable run. Coach Staggs was named a Bulls Award nominee. Now that's given to college football's top assistant. Staggs' black swarm defense swarmed the Sunbelt Conference in 2020, playing a pivotal role in the shots winning the program's first ever Sunbelt Conference title. That was an 11-1 season, 8-0 conference, played the program's first ever FBS postseason bowl game. Now, as we record this podcast, and as you sometimes know, we record it and then I have to do it a little bit later as we fit everybody in, but the shots are sitting at a perfect on the season. Now, when you hear all of this, you hear all the stats come out about your husband, what stands out to you as why Coach Staggs is getting guys to perform at such a high level? I think that the biggest reason is he really, I mean, we, I'm going to say, I'm going to use a lot of we's when we're talking about his job because it is. I mean, as you know, it's a we. It's not it just is. a he. Um, we really view this as our mission field. And the number one thing is relationships. Relationships over everything. Um, he's an excellent teacher and a mentor to these young men. He um, came from a family situation which um, didn't have that strong core. His dad wasn't around. Um, and a lot of the young men he um, interacts with have similar stories. So he's really able to connect with them and, and mentor them and through that develop those strong leaders. And then um, just having really high expectations. But because he's put the, the time and effort into those relationships, he can temper those high expectations with love and fun and um, just he's really, really strong in that arena. Where did you grow up, Kelly? And did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? (laughs) I grew up in a small town um, called Lexington, South Carolina. It is right outside of Columbia, the capital. Um, And no, no, not at all. I did not see, I honestly thought I'd live in that town for the rest of my life that I would, you know, marry somebody I knew or um, somebody I'd, I'd met, but we would come back there and never saw really that, that journey for myself at all. Wow. So how did you meet coach Chad Staggs? Uh, we met right before I went to college. He was a, a graduate student and was about to start as a graduate assistant. And, um, we met and started dating and just, you know, really enjoyed each other's company. So that was that, that was, um, 20 years ago now. Wow. And, Thankfully, when we started dating is when he started into the world of college football. So I've, I've seen this from the very beginning and really was able to make a conscious decision if this life was what I wanted for myself um, and for my children and for our family. So I feel very lucky that, um, you know, some women meet the man when they're already deep into the profession and this is a whole new ball game for them. But I was able to, from the go, um, see what this would be like and and make that decision whether or not this was for me and thankfully it was because I really really love my husband <laughs> and I wouldn't want to be with any other else so uh, I feel very lucky that 
we, we started that journey together. Now, do you have children? We do. We have a 13, almost 14 year old daughter, Gracie, and a son, Jack, who's about to turn 12. And they are, um, they keep me very busy. They're both in middle school. They have been taking turns being quarantined, you know, just to make things interesting. So I have somebody (laughs) here pretty much all the time. My daughter's home this week. My son was home last week. Um, But they're really in that sweet spot of they're not, you know, they're not like the kind of teenagers that don't want anything to do with this quite yet, but they're fun and they're independent. And um, I, I, I try to focus on the goodness because, you know, kids, kids are kids. Yeah. I love them. I know. I don't think they'll ever get to that spot. You two are very cool people. Everyone knows your husband. I think it'd be pretty fun to hang out with your family. Now you <laughs> mentioned earlier that you've been in education. Do you still teach? What do you do now? I don't teach right now. When we moved here, this is our third season at Coastal. So when we moved to Myrtle Beach, um, we just kind of felt led for me to take some time helping our kids transition because our daughter was starting middle school. You know, our son was nearing the end of elementary school. And it was important to us that we just had that support. We were also building a house. Like there was just so much going on. Um, But I did teach um, grades, kindergarten through third grade, like, you know, at various times for 13 years. So um, I want to say it was six different schools, two different states. Um, so I'm very good at finding a job, very, <laughs> very, very good at that. But, um, my husband, Chad laughed at me because, you know, I took that, that time off and March of that year is when COVID shut everything mm-hmm. down and the kids were sent home. So we laughed, like I haven't even made it a full year, um, without, without actually being some sort of teacher, you know, this time with middle school grades that I know nothing about at all. So thankfully, I really um, have been able to be here to support them with their education since they're home part of the time. And then um, my other job is basically like the family taxi driver, you know, like I can drive for Uber. I'd be great (laughs) at it. Like I'm always at a soccer practice or a drama practice, a rehearsal, a game, something. Um, So that's, that's what I do now. Definitely. And then the homework too, middle school math is no joke. Um, so Chad was a math, like a math major in college. So when he, we were both home and they were having to do all this math. I mean, I taught up to like multiplication tables, you know, my highest right. was third grade and the last grade I taught was first. So it was like basic, you know, addition and subtraction. And so they're showing me this math and I'm looking at it like, I don't know. And so I just thought, okay, he'll be able to help them with this. And he was like, I have no idea. How to do this. I'm like, Man, like you have a whole degree. <laughs> you can't help me. So we had to figure it out together, but uh, I've gotten a little bit better with the middle school math. Not great, <laughs> but <awesome>. better. <laughs> I realized they lost me after fourth grade. I was like, oh, wow, well, I'm out. Okay. Right. Like I remember looking at long division again for the first time and just being like, I don't know how to do this. Like it was shocking. And they're like, Mom, you're you're a grown up. Like you went to school, you went to college. I'm like, yeah. I forgot all of it. I don't know what else to tell you. No. Now all we do is time management. So game day, game day for you. What's a home game look like? What time do you get to the stadium? Are you an early bird? Are you skating in there? I used to be the earliest of birds. I was the one who was coming in hot, like setting up the tailgate, like arranging everything. I was that person. And then my kids got older and now I'm normally like 
you know, coming in on two wheels right at kickoff from a <laughs> soccer game right. or, you know, something of that nature of, you know, driving. My, my son plays travel ball and he is back and forth to Charleston a lot. So we'll be playing a game in Charleston and then like praying that I don't get a speeding ticket on the way home, you know, so we can try and make it for, for kickoff. So um, that's kind of been what it's like in the past couple of years, just it's that season of life for us. Now, big traditions after a big win. Do you have anything fun? You had a bunch of wins last year and you're on a great start now. Do you do anything <laughs> special after it? Do you have something you do every single time? Um, I mean, they, the team has their big locker room celebrations. Um, some of those have been on social media and ESPN and whatnot. So those are, those are big and big and loud. Um, in their locker room and as far as at at home we all if it's a a lot of times here we have um, noon games they're like one o'clock kickoffs when it's a home game Um, and so we get to come home after and we'll either order a big meal or cook a big celebration dinner and then we always 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 watch the game again that's the immediate thing is he comes home and he turns on the broadcast Um, so you know when it's a win that's fun um when it's not that's hard um and it's I think I think he needs it for his his um his heart and just to like go back over every single play and see like it's interesting that he wants to do it right away but uh you know he'll pause and talk through a certain play call with me you're like I should have done this instead and um I think he just need kind of needs that sounding board not that I can Mm -hmm. give any advice I've become a very good listener um but it's fun to see him get to kind of relive it because I mean, you know, when they're, when they're in it, it, it it's all just a blur, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're, they're making all these decisions so quickly. And so to, for him to get to kind of like, look back at it and go, okay, I did the right thing there. Or, um, you know, Oh, what this, you know, this kid, we need to work on this, you know, so but that, mm-hmm. that's what we did. We watched the game. <laughs> that is fun. That is awesome. Now I asked the same question to each wife. Not every day you're on top of the world. There's highs and lows in this business. Most everyone has faced some type of adversity in this profession. What are some of the toughest adversity you faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? Um, I think one of the hardest times we've gone through, we, um, we got a job with the staff in at Delta State, which is in Cleveland, Mississippi. It's this, you know, about two stoplight town in the Mississippi Delta. Their mascot is the fighting okra. Um, not something you see every day. So it was a little D2 school. And, um, you know, it was about 600 miles from home. Mm-hmm. And we took a leap of faith and we all went there. And um, after one season, um, Coach Chadwell got the job at Charleston Southern and we ended up having to leave. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as you know, when, when job turnover happens, it happens really quickly. So you're living that far away from your support system and your, you know, your partner has to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, that was probably the, really the one time during this entire journey where I've, I've gotten really mad at God. Like I've looked at him and gone, what in the world were you thinking? You know, like, how dare you, you mm-hmm. know, bring me to this place and introduce me to this community and let me fall in love with these people and then take it all away. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, you know, I think I grew a lot in my faith during that time. Like, you know, having to reexamine that through, you know, God's sovereign and God's in control of this and it's for your good. You know, this is, yes, this is hard in the, in the immediate moment, um, especially because, I mean, I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm. Um, my daughter has some 
some diagnoses that make things, um, you know, a little bit more challenging to parent her at times. And this was kind of when a lot of those things were starting to emerge. So mm-hmm. I felt very alone. Um, and I ended up being the last, uh, I say the last wife standing. So everybody else had moved back um, to Charleston and I was the only one there. So that yeah. just, you know, I really leaned on my faith. I had to lean on the community that we had built. And thankfully people really um, took pity on me and <laughs> mowed my grass and, you wow. know, made sure we had food and were so lovely and wonderful. But, um, you know, I think whenever there's adversity, the first thing you do is turn to Jesus. And, and you just, and that, I think that was the first time I ever felt like I had to, that, that mm. it, that things were, were truly in his control and not mine at all, because it was absolutely against what I wanted, you know, and, um, but God knows better than we mm. do. And he has the whole picture in mind and he knew where we were needed and where, um, we could leave the biggest footprint. Wow. for him. How's walking through times like that changed you? Obviously, like I said, I feel like I became stronger in my faith through all of this because that's, you know, the first place I go, but I, I'm very independent. I think all coaches wives have a big independent streak because we have to, we have to handle things, you know, I mean, they get up and go and we're handling moves and, um, the family and appointments and school and all the other things that keep the ship, you know, moving forward. So I think I have a really strong sense of who I am and what I bring to the table, especially in my marriage and, um, and as a friend and as, as a mother, um, obviously there's always times we doubt all of those things, but I think that that is definitely the biggest way this journey has changed me. It's just making me more independent and also more dependent on Jesus. Mm, I love that. 16 years as a coach's wife. What's one thing you're glad you (laughs) made a priority in your life? I think the biggest thing that I'm grateful for making a priority is digging in everywhere we've been and um, finding my community, creating Mm -hmm. my community. Um, I think that that is so, so, so important because it's so easy in this profession to feel alone and to feel like nobody understands and nobody does understand. I mean, you know, we all understand what one another is, is going through, but, um, you know, finding, finding people who can help support you and your family through those times that can be tough sometimes. Um, but just finding the, the like-minded people and, um, people who love your children, people who support your marriage, people who football is secondary to, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we are so lucky because we, as a staff, have moved from school to school, mostly as a unit there, you know, we've, we've really kind of stuck together, which is so, um, just not normal in this profession. You know, it's kind of odd that we have all just been together for years and years and years. Um, but we, so we have that piece of community and that, that is also so important, but I think it's also as important to find a community outside of that group so that you, you, you know, neighbors and mm-hmm. people who can um, support you in a different way. That's true. That's wisdom right there. I feel I like mean, that's no, that's wisdom because it's, <laughs> you can not invest yourself in the community and miss so much. And your family 
right you know can't leave their mark because they don't know who you are besides what they see on the tv or in the reading the paper or online you know and you can really impact people when you invest right there now some of the biggest struggles you would say the coaches wives face what would that be and what do what how have you overcome some of those things I think, again, it goes back to that feeling of kind of being an island. Like, I'm all by myself. Nobody understands. I'd hate to use the term. I don't think we're single parents. I think that we're, you know, married parents that are on our own a lot. Um, So, you know, you face things like recruiting season and um, those times camp when they're just not available to help. And that's, again, where that community comes into place, where you build those connections and you, you also help each other as wives. Um, you know, I, my son and Coach Chadwell's son play on the same football team. And so Salmaz and I are like, anytime you need help. So, you know, we'll text each other and say, hey, can you pick them up, the boys up? Or can you, you know, can you help me with this? And that's just so important. But I think just that, that loneliness that it can cut so deeply if we don't, if we're not intentional mm-hmm. with our relationships and with how we use our time and our talents. Um, And then also my other, I feel like my other struggle that a lot of people have that we don't talk about, I feel like there's a mid-season slump, like a mental like breakdown we all kind of go through and we never Mm -hmm. talk about it, (laughs) but it's like, are you okay? Am I okay? Because you feel the season's kind of a tunnel and Mm -hmm. you're in the middle and you can't see the light on either side. And it's like, this is never going to end. You know, even if it's the best season ever, it just feels like this perpetual, just hamster wheel that you're running through. And, um. I just, I always try to check in on people when I feel like I'm, I'm going through that. I try to check in on the others and be like, okay, are you okay? How can I support you? You know, how can I pray for you? Cause, cause it's hard. It's hard to, to be the, the, the glue that holds everything together when your partner's not available in the capacity that you wish they were. Very well said. Well, I don't know if we've ever talked about that on the podcast at all. And I've been doing this for now four seasons, but it's true. You get halfway through that season and even yeah. if it's going well, you are exhausted because oh, you yeah. keep the same thing oh, by yeah. yourself over and over and over. You're cleaning a house, you're meal prepping, you're getting everybody everywhere to every single practice. And it's just right. a lot. <laughs> It's just it's a, a lot. lot. I mean, I feel like poor Chad will come home one week and he'll look at me and I'll just burst into tears. And he's like, oh, okay, we're here. Like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> it's that week of this season. Because as quickly as it begins, I get past it and move on, you know. Right, but it, right. It is just, it, it's something that, again, others, it's difficult for them to understand. Thankfully, you know, I know my, my husband is so wonderful. Chad's great. He helps as often as he can. You know, he tries to to pitch in as much as possible, but their, their hands are tied during right. certain parts of the year. And that's what we signed up for. So, but it doesn't make it less hard. Mm-hmm. That's true. You're still going through the motions and that's what's hard. Now you've right. been a right. backbone to a very successful coach. What do you think you've done that's contributed to the success of his career and your lives as a family? I know you're going to feel like you're bragging, but people come here to learn some <laughs> tips and tricks. So what do you think you've done that's helped um, out with all this? Anything that you've helped out almost think, on the field or off the field? Oh goodness. The one thing I do do for the team weekly is I bake cookies. I don't know if that's like, I don't think it's most the biggest thing, but they look forward to the cookies. They get um, cookies for turnovers. So actually today is cookie day. Today's a Wednesday. So I have to go get the stuff to bake cookies. I bake like a hundred cookies. Oh my word. And, um, 
What kind they, do you bake? And, uh, it's just, it's, they're very special. It's a secret recipe. Um, and okay. they're, they're like a cookies and cream Oreo cake kind of cookie. Oh, wow. Um, but they are well known. They're well known to the Chanticleers. So they try to, to get a turnover or player of the week or, you know, there's certain reasons they might earn their own little batch of cookies. Um, so that, that's kind of a, a small way that I can help out with the team, you know, but um, I think as far as helping with the success of his career is just like being his number one fan, you know, being there for the highs and the lows and being his biggest encouragement, whether that be praying for him or listening or, you know, telling him that I think he's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, he, um, he works really, really hard for our family and I getting to watch him live his dream which is now our dream you know like mm -hmm. I the wife plays a big part in that because it's it's the opportunities that come along can feel very big and very scary and sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith together and and know that you know what is going to happen is for the good of your family and for other families and um but also making those decisions soundly by putting our family first. Mm. Um, sometimes that can be a real struggle because you look at, it's hard not to look at the opportunity and the money and the, you know, there's all these things that come along with a bigger, better, you know, shinier job sometimes, but, um, you know, being the voice of reason while also being, being willing to take that leap of faith and say yes and follow him where his dream leads us. Mm. This business is so competitive. There may have been a job, maybe not, maybe it hadn't happened yet. Who knows, but, or maybe it's another capacity, something that your husband thought he would get or something he kind of got discouraged uh -huh. about. What did you say to him to keep him encouraged? That's definitely happened. You know, you're not in the profession as long as we've been here without there being some sort of disappointment or some sort of missed opportunity or what you felt was a missed opportunity, you know, at the time. Um, I think the biggest thing that I can say is to allow them to, to have the space to feel their feelings about that. Cause it's a loss to them. You know, mm -hmm. our husbands are so competitive, like it's their nature and that feels as hard as any other big loss, be it on the field or off. So, uh, you know, allowing them the space to grieve and feel their feelings and then, you know, encouraging them to keep moving forward because sometimes it's, you know, it's difficult for anybody to, to feel like, you know, they had this, this thing that they wanted so badly and it didn't, you know, it didn't come available or wasn't, wasn't what was meant to be, wasn't their path. And, um, you know, just keeping things moving forward, listening, praying them through it, mm -hmm. um, you know, encouraging them to pray with you or just praying over them that, that God will, you know, help them with his comfort, his peace. And, you know, to remember again, that God is sovereign and he, has a plan that is so much greater than anything we could ever imagine. So um, thankfully it doesn't happen often, but that would be my advice. Amen to that. Now there's many different levels of football. We have high school and obviously different levels of college and NFL. And I have listeners from all levels of football listening right now. So <laughs> you've coached on D2. You can correct me if I'm wrong, like D2, FCS and FBS. So what do you see, think of yeah. some of the differences in the levels and how have you adapted to each of them? So when we 
first were together, he was a, a graduate assistant at South Carolina. So we basically started in the SEC. And that, I mean, if you ask a lot of people, is the highest level of college football at, at the moment. And um, so we went from that. Then we went to an FCS school. We bopped around at a couple Division two schools, went back to FCS, and now we're back at FCS. And I think the biggest difference, it's not the fans. It's not the excitement of game day. It's the responsibilities and expectations placed on your husband. Um, when when you're at a small D2 school and your husband's in charge of video, laundry, um, mm-hmm. you know, any number of things. And you're like, but he's the defensive coordinator. You know, like he, he <laughs> shouldn't, you, you would think he shouldn't be doing these things because, you know, especially having come from an SEC program, you're like, what is happening? So it's just <laughs> the amount of staff that really is on, is, is surrounding them to help support with those those more menial tasks and they're not menial they're very important but when they're spread so thin from having to do all of those tasks um Mm -hmm. it makes their job and really your job that much harder Mm -hmm. um I feel like I actually see him more during football season now that we're back at a higher level than I did when he was at a a division two school or sometimes even an FCS school Mm -hmm. um because he has more freedom because he doesn't have the same, you know, extra responsibilities on top of the massive responsibility of being in charge of an entire defense. That yeah. I think that's the biggest difference. Like fans are wonderful, and there's always going to be people and boosters and and community that's invested in you, in this team, no matter what quote unquote level they're at. It's important to to people and to these players because they they're just they want to play football. Yeah, and. And it doesn't matter what what the name of the school or what level they're playing at. It's football, it's football. That's right. Now you've been a part of the Chapel staff for many years now. Um, incredible people. So what are some of the ways yeah. that you wives over there and South Carolina get <laughs> together and have fun? Oh my gosh. Um, we love, we like to do dinners out. Um, whenever we can, um, text chains, we have a WhatsApp chain that's always going off on my phone. My husband's like, what is happening? I'm like, it's fine. We're just chatting. You know, <laughs> those, I think those are some of the biggest opportunities to bond. Um, but like, like you said, we've, we've been together for so long. Like we've raised our children together. We, mm. we've all been pregnant and visit each other in the hospital when babies wow. are born and we're, we're family. And that makes for such smooth transitions moving from place to place. Um, you know, you have emergency contacts already. Mm. And I know it's not going to be that way forever, but I feel so fortunate that we've been on this journey together for so long and have really have each other to, to lean on. Mm. Very neat. And a, and a staff to aspire to all the coaches out there. It's uh, to be loyal to your <laughs> staff when you move around. It's really it's pretty special. Okay. So do you have a coach's wife mentor? The very first, well, actually she was the second, but I would say first school, the, we were there with Steve Spurrier and Jerry Spurrier is the ultimate coach's wife. Um, she baked cakes for every single team member, staff members, birthday. Wow. She threw us all the baby showers and the, she was um, just, such a leader for all of us and and really made the this this giant family at from the I mean we were grad assistants like we weren't you know we weren't quote-unquote real coaches we were the bottom of the totem pole but she never once made us feel that way 
She Mm -hmm. included us in everything. She really just wrapped her arms around us and made us feel like we were as big a part of this as they were. And I'll never forget that. And I will always try to, to live up to that expectation that I feel she set for all of us. You're not in your 14 and raising children in this profession. What's a handful of things you would encourage a new mom and coach's wife to focus on? Focus on your baby and your family because you will never get that time back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very easy for us to feel pressured to have to be at every single event and have to be on every single sideline. And, um, you know, you're, you're part of a community, a sorority, I guess, of sorts of coaches, wives, and they're going to fill in your gaps, but they're also going to support you, you know, reach out to them and tell them what you need. It's very, I, I, I don't like to ask for help. I know a Mm -hmm. lot of people are like that. And so, um, you know, force yourself to do that because people want to help you and want to support your family um, and just do what works for you. Every family is different. Um, there were many games where I had my two, you know, my infant and my two-year-old in tow. And then there were other games where I would look at my mom or whoever was around me and go, I can't do this and leave them at home or, you know, snuggle up in pajamas and watch the game on TV because it was, it was not, you know, good timing for us, but just focusing on your family, what works best for you, what, how you want the transition to work for you. You know, some, some families, when they move, um, everybody moves at the same time, you know, everybody, you know, leaves school, starts new school, whatnot. I, for years, um, stayed wherever we were until the school year was over because I was a teacher. And Mm -hmm. so that's always been our pattern. And, um, you know, doing that doesn't work for everybody, but that worked for us. So just leaning, into, you know, your faith and your people and doing what's best for your family. That's such wisdom right there. I love it. Now you talked about these cookies that have the super secret recipe (laughs) that, I mean, I'm a journalist. You don't think I can crack this out of you? Come on. You got to share a little bit, but, um, (laughs) I would, I would usually ask what some of the practical ways you like to, uh, reach out to the players. I'm guessing it's the cookies. And where did this cookie That's thing start? It. Yes. I guess it was a few years ago. Gosh, a couple schools ago, I guess, when they would get turnovers, he would find out um, kind of what their favorite treat was. As you know, we, we do serve a lot of meals in our house to position groups and whatnot. And I always, I'm not the best cook, but I'm really good at the desserts. And so I would always make different desserts and I would find out real quick, they would make requests, Miss Kelly, can you make those mini cheesecakes or Miss Kelly, can you make, you know, Rice Krispie treats, you know, they would always ask for their favorite thing. And so if they did something really well in a game or, you know, were a big playmaker, I would make them their treat as a reward. And that was just something very small, but meaningful that I could do for them to show them that, you know, I support them and I love them. And so does Chad. And so, um, this particular cookie started when we moved here and I just kind of, that was the thing. I was like, Oh, cool recipe. Like I'm going to try it. And everybody was like, this is the best thing ever. And so that's (laughs) now the thing is this specific cookie. Um, But you know, there's other ways that we, we want them to understand that they're part of our family, you know, that we, like you said, love them for more than their number and, you know, be it meals or cookies 
um, including them in our family celebrations. Like, you know, we've invited players to our kids' birthday parties and they, they're there smacking the pinata with everybody else. <laughs> or, um, you know, attending, attending their milestones, you know, it, going to the weddings and um, the graduations when we can and letting them know that they're just so much more then they're worth more than what they do on the field. You know, their worth is not in football. Their worth is in who they are, you know, to their community and to their families and, and in the eyes of the Lord and um, just making sure they don't forget that as well. So do you and Coach Staggs have a date night? How do you connect during the season? Well, we don't often get out, but we do watch a lot of reality TV together. Very <laughs> in the good. Evenings. Um, that's kind of our thing. We put them to bed and we watch, um, we're big on singing competitions. Right now the voice is on. And then I am a, um, I am a proud member of Bachelor Nation and I watch every... <laughs> show that comes on wow bless that man he watches that with me and it it just <laughs> warms my heart because he will he gets he's so funny because he's like I don't want to watch this and I'm like oh but you know it's my show so he'll watch it with me but then you know suddenly he's like well I don't think it should be so and so because they said this about blah 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 and we always laugh because he can't ever remember their names so he <laughs> comes up with like these funny he's like the girl in the in the green dress she like and it's just the funniest thing so that's what we do we watch tv and we pause and we talk about it or we you know one of us will remember something for the day and it's like pause and we we get to, to chatting but you know we always sneak time away when possible but it's during the season it's just it's really really difficult so especially when you know sometimes they'll have a night off but jack will have a football game or she'll have a you know a, a course concert or something like that so um we're just we just try to to spend some quality time in the evenings together. It's not real exciting, but it works for us. You were an unofficial Uber driver for the family, but do you get any downtime at all? What do you enjoy doing that's not maybe wrapped up in all serving? Maybe not wrapped up in that. Yes. Um, I love to read. Okay. My girlfriends in, in our neighborhood and in the surrounding area, we started a book club during COVID because none of our husbands wanted us to hang out because of COVID. And so we did like a driveway book club and that was, we have to go to book club. So now we joke, um, they, one of them said book club's not an event, it's a lifestyle. Cause now when <laughs> whenever we get together, oh, it's a book club. Also, oh, you know, that, that's always fun is time with, with, with my, my girls, my community, um, you know, we live at the beach. So whenever I can get there, that's always a nice way to relax. I really enjoy exercising. I think that's important. And I'm also a big napper. I love, I love a good it. nap. So I whenever I can squeeze in some minutes, I do that. <laughs> I, you're my people. I have to have like five I'm minutes. Telling you. I can fall asleep in the middle of the day in five minutes. Can you do it? I have been known to sleep, fall asleep in the carpool line and to yes. wake up by like the horn behind me because <laughs> like there's nobody in front of me and I'm holding up the entire line. It's awful. Like <laughs> Jack's like, did you fall asleep? I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Oh I don't goodness. know. That's hysterical. You're my people. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, okay. Well, well, what would you say um, are the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? Watching your husband live out their dream is so powerful and so just fulfilling and also being a part of something that is so much bigger than you and brings so much joy to other people. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I think we lose sometimes, like we're so close to these programs that we lose that um, sense of this is bigger than us. And then, you know, occasionally like I'll bring a neighbor to a game or like, you know, a soccer friend or something of that nature. And, you know, we go up in the office and they're just awestruck and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. But you know, when it's your day to day, you forget just what impact these programs have on the greater community. And especially last year during that COVID season, like that brought so much fun and joy into a season of people's lives when there was so much uncertainty and so much tragedy and sadness just surrounding everybody. But for those four hours, you could escape and you could, you know, watch somebody have fun and cheer them on. And I just think that that is so incredible. And we're very, very blessed to be a part of it. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) What's the last book you have read? I'm currently reading The Rose Code by Kate Quinn, and it is a a historical novel set in World War II. Oh, very cool. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? I want to see Queen. I know it's not Freddie Mercury, but I would go see them in any iteration anywhere. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would it be? Walt Disney. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Um, the Real Housewives of any city. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. Okay. What's your go-to meal to cook? Um, I said I was a bad cook. Probably like soup and grilled cheese and not hey. like homemade soup, like from a can. That's okay. <laughs> grilled cheese. That's, that's good on any night. What sport right. can you beat Coach Staggs in? Um, high jump. I can jump higher than him. Oh, impressive. And I could probably outswim him. I'm thinking I could outswim him, but I don't think I could do anything with hand-eye coordination. I feel like we need this <laughs> on social media. Can we get, can we get both of you jumping? <laughs> We're gonna put this um, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I'd probably break something. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing non-tech you can't live without? Does it have to be a thing or can it be like my Bible? There you go. Everyone has something that needs throwing away around the house. What is the absolute ugliest thing you own? I would take my husband's recliner right now and throw it in the intercoastal waterway behind the house. Like, <laughs> even joking, he's going to kill me when he hears this. But, I, I, you know, I'd buy him another one. I'd just buy, like, a prettier one. Well, I feel like I feel like you should. I feel like we, maybe this week might be the I mean, week. That's a good idea. I'm going to tell him that you gave me permission. I did right here. (laughs) Come and match you from Memphis, Tennessee. We can look, we could online shop together. Okay. If you had a superpower, what would that be? I would either be able to just like appear places like on Harry Potter where they can just like (laughs) touch their wand and like disappear and reappear where they need to be. Or I would be able to um, like make multiples of myself and be in more than one place at once. Very helpful. And last question, and this is just really because of your staff. Do you find a mullet attractive? No, I do not. Does Chad have one right now? Mother, he doesn't. So, okay, last year he didn't. The last time he got his haircut in 2020 was like January 14th, 
And he kept saying, I'm not cutting my hair until we play football because it was so unknown. Like, are we going to play football? Right. I'm not cutting my hair until we play football. And then they started playing football and Willie Korn, our offensive coordinator, said something to him about like, um, your hair is amazing. And Chad was like, okay, well, I'm not going to cut it until we lose a game. And then they never lost a game until our bowl game. And so he... um. He has this, like, he wears a backwards hat. He wears all black. Like, it's like, I don't know, a sideline persona type of thing. But he had quite the mullet last year when it was, you know, a thing. But when he got his haircut, it was like almost a full calendar year after his past haircut. This is so much more than you need to know. I'm sorry, but this is my story. Um, But when he finally cut his hair, he was like, okay, I'm never doing that again. I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. But our 11 year old does have one and it is quite the flow to it. And he gets lines done in the sides and the whole nine yards. But he, I keep telling myself it's only hair and that's like cool, I guess right now, I guess. But um, he said he's going to cut it after football season. So we'll <laughs> It's awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing with us. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me on. I had a blast. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.